at Donald Trump. Jim Basic fights for Baltimore. And hitmaker John Ford Coley joins us. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Silbury. Thank you very much. We're so happy to have you here. And I want to tell you a little fun thing. I've got a birthday coming up next week, and the reason I want to tell you is because a lot of people have told me that I look pretty doggone good for 78 years old. Yeah. Of course, the problem with that is I'm not 78 years old. I'm not even close to that. And so the fact that they say that kind of hurts. But it's okay, because I'm going to tell you, we're going to make up for it in this show tonight. Tonight, my exclusive sit-down chat with President Donald Trump from the White House. And we're going to introduce you. We're going to introduce you to the congressional candidate that is turning Baltimore and the country upside down with her powerful social media campaign that has already been viewed by over 10 million people which is about 20 times the number of people who actually watched the Democrats' convention this week. Yeah. Now, on our In Case You Missed It feature that's in the show sometimes, and otherwise it's on our digital offerings at Huckabee.tv every week, we tag that feature at the end by saying, we read the news so you don't have to. Well, this week, I watched the Democrat convention so you didn't have to. Now... Maybe, maybe you wanted to watch it. And if so, we'll find you an 800 number where you can call and get some help. <laughs> hey, it was like four nights of watching a Zoom call of an insurance seminar trying to sell dental insurance to meth heads who didn't have any teeth. That's about how much fun it was. And after it was over, <laughs> there was one clear message. They don't like President Trump. Not even a little bit. But the other clear message was that they really didn't seem to like Joe Biden either. I mean, in many of the big speeches by their biggest personalities, very little was mentioned of Joe other than an occasional and obligatory acknowledgement that he was the guy running against President Trump and several references to his being a nice guy. He just wasn't referred to a whole lot. I mean, if the Democrats had a vision for America they kept it better concealed than the 80 million lawful gun owners of the country keep their guns hidden, since after all, the Democrats had made it clear they'd love to take those guns from us. In fact, their convention had a recurring theme. In the same way that one has a recurring migraine or a recurring bout of nausea, they can't stand Donald Trump. They were creative in why they don't like him, Mostly stuff about his abrasive New York personality, his willingness to fight back when ruthlessly attacked. Unlike the wimpish Republicans the country is used to seeing, who at the first hint of a battle would tuck tail and run. Now, Trump doesn't just fight back. He does it with force. So why did even some Republicans go to their own little Zoom cams to trash the 45th president? Jealousy? 
hurt feelings? Somewhat. But a lot of it is simpler than that. It's money. Elite establishment of Republicans have lived in D.C. for decades, whether in or out of power. And they've gotten rich doing it. Trump came in and has really messed up the game. He doesn't depend on them. He doesn't do the things that the good old boy way has always been done and would always keep them employed in either government, media, or think tank jobs. And then he had the audacity to fight for the folks, they, the elites of neither party ever really cared about, well, except to get their votes. I'm talking about the working class men and women of America whose jobs were lost to China and Mexico and whose country was sold out to Hollywood, Silicon Valley, Wall Street, RTC lobbyists. What the Democrats didn't do was lay out what they would actually do if given the power. But they've already told us during the debates and in their platform and in their speeches to their activists, here's what they'll do. They will raise your taxes a lot. They will open our borders and look the other way when people enter illegally. And then they're gonna want you to pay for their education, healthcare, and housing, even while they take your job. They wanna defund the police and replace them with social workers and empower those who riot and loot our major cities as if they were abused wives who they assume will stay with their abuser. They will allow abortion for any reason at any time, regardless if the baby is an innocent person and they're gonna want you to fund the destruction of the unborn baby. They do wanna get rid of our natural energy sources of oil, coal, and gas, which, I don't know if you know this, it means your electric bill, gas bill, and the cost of gasoline is probably gonna triple. And then they'll tell you where your kids can and cannot go to school, even if the school and your child is failing. I was honestly hoping that the Democrats would at least try to tell us what they would do for America, but they didn't. They only told us what they would do to America, and they told us they sure don't like Donald Trump. Now, you probably know I actually kind of like the guy. Now, he's nothing like the media has portrayed him. I've known him for about 12 years, and actually, he's really down to earth. He's incredibly funny. He's got a great sense of humor. And I had the opportunity to sit down with him at the White House this week. Let's watch. DNC's been going on this week. I kind of get the impression watching, they don't like you very much. I don't think so. It's uh, pretty sad, but no, they're not big fans. I'm not big fans of theirs either. <laughs> you get your shot next week. Um, preview for us. What's going to be different from what we've seen this week in a very dark presentation of uh, America very dark. to what we're going to see next week? It's been very dark, and they're not talking about law and order. They're not talking about police. They don't want to get into it. When they look at uh, Portland or when they look at New York or Chicago and when they look at what's happening with these Democrat-run cities and states, they're disgraceful, and they don't even talk about it. When you saw the young man just get obliterated the other yeah. night in Portland, uh, they don't talk about that. And, you know, in theory, they have to ask us to come in or unless it gets so bad, in which case we can do it ourselves. But we're thinking about doing it because what's happening in Chicago and New York, but what's happening in Portland, they're anarchists and agitators, and they say they're peaceful protesters. 
They burn down the stores. They're ripping down buildings. I, I've never seen anything like it. Run by Democrats. You made a comment this week that I thought was very, very uh, appropriate. You, you made the point that all this talk about uh, your presidency and how great Obama was, that it was the Obama administration oh. that set the table for you to be elected president. Well, except for Obama and Biden, I wouldn't be president. I was never even thinking about it. You know that. I've known you a long time. I was never thinking about it. And then I have to listen to what a wonderful job they did. They did a turnover job. They didn't bring the economy back. The economy was the slowest. It was the slowest recovery since 1929. It was going forever. It would have never happened. And we had the greatest economy in history until the plague came in from China. Yeah. And China will pay for that. And I watch Obama talking, and it's like, I wouldn't be president except for you. Because if he did a good job, I wouldn't have won. Nobody would have won. But he did a horrible job. Part of what um, I think people may not realize, the economy was on fire prior right. to the virus coming in. Yeah. On fire. Hottest ever in the history of the world. Where would we be had we had an Obama-Biden era economy going into something like so, the virus? It's very interesting, Mike, because instead of the comeback that we're having, which is one of the great comebacks ever. We'll have it good. Next year's gonna be a great year economically. If I didn't do what I did, we shut it out, we closed out China, we closed out Europe. And I did this long before Dr. Fauci and everybody else asked me to do it. I yeah. did it a lot. We would have lost millions of people more. I mean, think of it, 10, 15 times more. We've done it all right, but it's a vicious disease. It's a vicious problem that came in. So. Uh, we took over a basically limping along economy and made it the hottest economy in the world. At the same time, we took massive amounts, hundreds of billions of dollars from China in tariffs. They went to the worst year they've had in 67 years, as you know. They had a horrible, horrible economy because of me. And I don't want them to have a horrible economy, but you know what? They've been ripping us off for 25 years, and they never had a better time than during the Obama-Biden years. I mean, Biden walks in and he gets his son a billion and a half dollars that he gets management fees on, which is millions of dollars a year. And the guy didn't even have a job between that and Ukraine and others we're now finding out. So, I mean, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. When we're talking about the virus, uh, early on there were people saying, well, the president's got to take control. You said the 10th Amendment means that there's certain things you can do, but you need to let local governors, mayors make decisions. They made decisions. Now it's like they uh, are telling you that you shouldn't have done that. But I don't know that you had a constitutional option. We have 50 states, and I let the 50 governors run their states. They, they weren't equipped. Most of them weren't equipped. They had empty cupboards because nobody ever, I don't even blame them necessarily because nobody thought a thing like this could happen. 1917 was the big one, and that was uh, close to 100, they think close to 100 million people, from 50 to 100 at least. Frankly, putting the ban on, that was something we did that nobody wanted me to do. Putting the ban on people, very heavily infected people coming in from China, long before it would have been fashionable, that was a big move. We've made a lot of good moves, and if you look at what's happening now, the numbers are way down. Joe Biden said you were xenophobic for doing that. It, it saved lives. He but, called me racist. Yeah. He called me xenophobic. He called me everything. Two months later, he was saying he did the right thing. And he actually, in a form, apologized, okay? But, you know, maybe that was just a weak moment. Maybe he didn't know what he was saying. Could that be possible? But he actually did. He sort of apologized. But, um, look, it's a terrible thing. But as you said, 
We created the hottest economy, not just of our country, best ever, best stock market, best employment numbers. We just about hit 160 million people working. Never happened before, never even close. We're the greatest economy we've ever had, African-American, Asian-American, Hispanic-American. Everybody was working, women, uh, people without a high school degree, with a high school degree, great scholars, everybody was working. And you know what, the country was coming together because people ask, you know, how do you get the country together? Success. The country was coming together. And then we got hit by this plague from China. And now what we're doing, we did the right thing. We had to close it up and now we're rebuilding it. And we're beyond a V. You know, they were saying, oh, you'll never get a V. Well, we're at a super V if you look at the numbers. The stock market uh, this past week hit highest Records. ever. Yeah. Coming out of this, that's pretty stunning. I don't think people saw that coming. But that just shows you the optimism that very smart people have. And don't forget, stock market is a lot of people. That's 401ks. That's people that have stock. This, you know, these are massive companies, but they're owned by sort of everybody. And uh, the stock market's doing great. The farmers are doing great because they got them $28 billion from China because China targeted the farmers. And I said to my people, what did it, what did it, you know, how bad was it? About $28 billion. I tariffed China and I gave them $28 billion right from China. And now China's buying more than they've ever bought from the American farmer. But I feel differently about China, so differently. I mean, normally I'd be jumping up and down with that news. You know, they gave the largest corn order in history last week. And that's good, but you know what? It can never compensate for what we went through with this whole thing. It's a terrible thing that happened, Mike. And we've got more with President Trump coming up later in the show. When we do, he'll address the chaos in some cities versus law, as well as health care and a whole lot more. So stay tuned. Right now, Keith Bilbrey, why don't you tell us about the rest of our guests tonight? Well, tonight, Baltimore's bright political voice, Kim Placing, legendary singer John Ford Coley, and comedian Sonia White are ahead. More Huckabee is on. Welcome back. Right now, I want to introduce you to a remarkable young woman who wants to fix a broken American city that has been failed by some Democrat leaders for decades. This week, her campaign ad became one of the most talked about political ads of the year. And it's been seen by over 10 million people just on social media. It may just be one of the most effective and powerful political spots I have ever seen. And trust me, I've seen a few. I'm Kim Klasik. This is Baltimore, the real Baltimore. This is the reality for black people every single day. Crumbling infrastructure, abandoned homes, poverty, and crime. Baltimore has been run by the Democrat Party for 53 years. I'm Kim Klasik, and I'm running for Congress because I actually care about black lives. All black lives matter. Our communities matter. Baltimore matters. And black people don't have to vote Democrat. And that was just a little piece of it. I want you to welcome to the show Republican candidate from Maryland's 7th District, Kim Klasik. 
Kim, welcome. We are so excited to have you here. This audience obviously loves you. Thank you. you. I'm so, glad to be here. So many people of America have taken notice of you, including the president who retweeted your ad to the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to make you feel pretty good. Absolutely, yes. And, and he even said he'll work with, I'll work with him in the Trump administration. So he must think I'm going to win, maybe? Well, we, we <laughs> all do. We, you know, it, I, I think it's significant to note you're in a very heavily Democrat district. And I'm not trying to be overly partisan. People know what I stand for, so that, that's part of it. But the city of Baltimore, and specifically that district, has not really done well under the leadership that it has had. And what you're saying is, give somebody else a chance. Absolutely. So they've been in charge, and they, I mean Democrats, have been in charge for 53 years. 53. And that's the results, you know, poor education, poverty. Um, you could see crime violence. The past five years, we've had over 300 murders. Um, so it gets worse and worse each year. We talk about defunding the police and banning plastic bags, but we don't talk about career opportunities and doing something like school choice, which would make a big difference there. So, What do you think the biggest need is in that area? It's definitely career opportunities. Mm. And as we saw uh, with the coronavirus pandemic, um, we relied on other countries for PPE. So why not have that billion-dollar medical equipment industry back through the Baltimore port and bring jobs into America. And we can run apprenticeship programs through the high schools. Um, we can have people, you know, with careers instead of just jobs, careers. That's what they need in that area. You know, I wonder when that ad was put together and uh, your team uh, said, let's do this and just take a walk through Baltimore and let people see. Yeah. Did you have any idea that it would just go viral like it did? No idea. <laughs> None at all. You know, Benny Johnson, he was like the mastermind behind it. And he's with Turning Point and Charlie Kirk. And, you know, when they told me about it, I was like, wait, you just want me to walk down the street? You yeah. Know? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, just walk down the street. Just be yourself. Um, and then we originally thought of doing it in like uh, boots and like, you know, they were like, you got to look rugged. And I was like, well, that's not me. Kim, you, know? you didn't look really rugged <laughs> in that beautiful red yeah, dress and high yeah, heels. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I, the whole time you're doing that walk in the high heels, and I'm thinking, she's going to trip and fall. I just know yeah. that. <laughs> I would have if I had been in shoes like that. So yeah. that had to, did you ever trip? Did they have to do a second take when you stumble over stuff in Baltimore? No, it was, I was pretty good. And um, the part where we're on the roof, it was actually made of tar. Yeah. So we, I was like sinking in. It was like 106 degrees that day. And oh. I was like, <laughs> and I was like, what about our communities? <laughs> and I was like getting stuck. And, but you couldn't tell in the video. They did a really good job. You know, one, one final question for you, because I think it's such a big topic today, defunding the police. Do you talk to people in Baltimore? A lot of crime. You mentioned 300 murders that have happened there. Yeah. The people up and down major cities, do they really, really want to defund the police? Not at all. We did not meet anyone that wanted to defund the police. Even in the video that uh, we were doing some interviews, just a man on the street style, um, the one gentleman that said he lost three sons to gun violence, we had no idea he was going to say that. Yeah. You know, we just had the camera rolling. Three sons. Three sons to gun violence. Mm. And so we're actually down police officers in Baltimore. But I say this, if we're defunding the police because you feel like they aren't trained properly, wouldn't you need more funding to make sure they had better training? So none of it makes sense to me, but no one wants to defund the police. We want more police. Let me tell you something. You're making a lot of sense, Kim. <laughs> and uh, people of America are paying attention. And I hope we'll... Uh, truly get more information about you.
I'm going to say thanks so much for joining us tonight. What an honor to have you here. Thank and you. And Keith, with all of Kim's walking, why don't you tell the folks at home how they can keep up with her if they can? Well, put your track shoes on and follow Kim Clasic on Twitter at Kim K Baltimore. And visit KimKForCongress.com to learn more about Kim and her efforts to revolutionize Baltimore. President Donald Trump's interview is just ahead, but next, comedian Sonia White and singer John Ford Coley joins us right here on Huckabee. Sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. Thank you and welcome back. By the way, I think it's pretty cool that Trey Corley and the Music City Connection, they're so good. We need to give them a hand, but especially because they're playing Beatles music tonight. I have a feeling they're just trying to humor me. Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Thank you. Well, my next guest is a very funny Southern comedian, actress, and impressionist. She's appeared on Comedy Central, Star Search, The Last Comic Standing, and CMT's Southern Fried Chick. I want you to welcome Sonia White. stage and just like most uh, Americans out there you guys you can see I have succumbed to the fashion frenzy fashion fe frenzy of pajama couture okay everybody is wearing their pajamas they wear them to sleep in then they go to the bank they go to the store they they water their lawn it has gotten outrageous hasn't it and I mean, I'll tell you what, I had a package delivered from Amazon the other day and the driver showed up in boxers. I thought, how in the world did she get up my muddy driveway in those bunny slippers? I just, I'm telling you what, it's so challenging, isn't it? The times that we're living in, you guys. I thought to myself, this pandemic has aged me 10 years. 10 years, and you know, I was happy to get my stimulus check, and I, you know, I thought, well, I'm gonna go look in my bank and see if it's been deposited, direct deposit, which of course uses facial recognition, right? And it wouldn't let me in. I'm like, hey, it's me, 10 years, really? It's me, come on, let me in, Apple. No, it's not Paula Dean. Anyways, I love Paula Dean. I love to watch her cooking show, but I got into watching a lot of TV here in the past few months. I have, I, you know, I get into the Netflix. I get, I love the old sitcoms. Wonder how some of those people would have handled this, this whole pandemic and the quarantine and everything. I was thinking, one of my favorites, uh, the Golden Girls. Could you guys see them together, all under one roof during this time? Ma, I can't believe you're not gonna wear a mask at the grocery store. A cheap pussycat. You really wanna get rid of me quick? That's me breathing in my own carbon dioxide over and over like a goldfish in a bowl. I don't mind. I don't mind wearing a mask because it reminds me of playing doctor with some of my gentlemen callers. Oh, yeah, Dr. Doolittle. Insane Olaf, 
You know, people wore masks all the time to hide that awful pickled herring breath. Rose, really? Oh, I know you people here in Nashville probably watched a lot of Green Acres. Yeah, you know? I would think. Could you see it now? Dun, 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 dun. Oliver, what in the world are you doing standing so close? You're supposed to social distance six sheep away. Lisa, that's feet. How about the Beverly Hillbillies? Couldn't that, that would be a, a hoot probably you got, you know. Hi, Paul, guess where Granny is? She's down in the parking lot taking everybody's temperature. Ooh, doggy, Granny, you sure know how to handle a pandemic. Mr. Drysdale, Mr. Clampett, have you seen Jethro? Oh, Jethro, I'm out of my 14-day quarantine. Hot dog, Uncle Jed. I tell you what, I've been eating Granny's vittles. I had three bowls of possum stew. It was so good, I ate my mask. <laughs> oh, you guys, the Beverly Hillbillies, that just reminds me of my family because I'm really not very, you know, I'm not very political. It's one of those things like we'd get in big fights just talking dogs and cats and stuff. Like in my family, say, for example, if you like birds and ferrets, you were considered the independent party. If you like cats, they were conservative, sort of set their ways, kind of, you know, finicky. You'd be considered a, a Republican. And, you know, if you like dogs, heck, they'll kiss you in the mouth, don't even know you. You know, they're Democrats. <laughs> right? <sighs> you guys... <laughs> I lived in Chicago. I lived in Chicago. A lot of liberal people there, they don't like guns, but the crime is uh, through the roof. The criminals love the guns. But uh, anyways, my girlfriend says all the rioting and everything, she says, going on around her house, she says, I'm ready for them, Sonia. I got a golf club and a can of Raid. I says, well, you're going to be all right as long as you don't get broken into by an army of ants. You know, I was in Chicago there for a while, and someone tried to break into my place, you guys, and I was home. It was so weird. I heard the window come up in my living room, and this leg started to come through, and all of a sudden, I had to become my own security system, like, He tiptoed back out the window. Thank you so much. You guys are a delightful crowd. Sonia White, everybody. I was going to ask, did that guy leave your place? Was that leg moving out the other way? Yes, it was. It was. I, I scared him. I scared him. Well, you scared me just talking about it. I know, right? Can so, you believe I do all those crazy horse things? I love it. And, and I love the Beverly Hillbillies oh, impressions because, you know, I grew up on that. Right, right, right. Some yeah. of these people are too young. They don't even know what we're talking about. Right, right. Then again, some of them do because I can see that they, uh, they were around during that period of time. Yeah. What's the most unusual thing that's happened to you in the course of a career in comedy? What's, oh, goodness. Well, I've had some really bizarre different places that I've played. I played yeah. at a nudist colony. No kidding. That was the weirdest thing I had ever been involved in, you guys. Everyone, oh, let me just say, you probably don't, I, I don't know that I can talk about it on your show. It's like theater in the round, and I was sitting there with a bunch of turkeys. It was just, you know. 
I'm not kidding you guys. And the ladies, oh, it was just, it was horrifying. It was so scary. Sonia, it's great having you here. Thank you, Thank so, you, much, you so much Thank for coming. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Sonia White, Thank please you. give her a big hand. Thank you. Good now, hey, Keith, why don't you tell our viewers how they can keep up with the very funny Sonia White? You tell them. Well, to see more of Sonia's hilarious stand-up or invite her for your event, visit SoniaWhiteComedy.com. Now on Twitter, follow her at Sonia Central. And join us on Huckabee.tv for In Case You Missed It. We've got the new see-through restrooms, restaurants that you weigh in, and it's all on Huckabee.tv. Next, President Donald Trump addresses the big issues facing Americans. Plus, music star John Ford Coley is here on Huckabee. Next week, award-winning comedian Johnny W. and Rick Rigsby shares wisdom for a third grade dropout. I thought the audience was going to be up dancing in the aisles to twist and shout during that. Great to have you back staying with us. And... Let me tell you, I truly appreciated the president taking time from what is a very hectic schedule to provide some straightforward answers to questions on the minds of Americans. Let's go back to my conversation with President Trump. You mentioned uh, that the stock market affects retirees, teachers, firemen, people who, you know, are depending on those 401ks. Um, a lot of our viewers tend to skew in that older group. I'm, I'm curious because I joined the ranks of Medicare this coming Monday. Remind me that you're gonna take care of Medicare and Social Security yeah. and all those And pre-existing conditions like nobody ever did. If you look at the uh, mandate, the individual mandate, yeah. that was the worst part of Obamacare. I got rid of it. That really means you got rid of Obamacare. You know, in the truest sense, we got rid of, we did terminate Obamacare because we got rid of the individual mandate, which is a terrible thing for people. People, it was so unfair to people. So we got rid of the worst part of, of Obamacare, and without it, you don't have Obamacare. But we've run the carcass of Obamacare very well, and that the people are doing better than they would have done. You know, I had a choice to make. Do I run it badly and blame Obama, or do I run it as well as it can be run? It's no good, but do I run it as well as it can? And I've, we've done that. They've done a great job, and they've made it as good as it can be. One of the big things that uh, has happened recently is the breakthrough in the Middle East with uh, the UAE and Israel. Right. Our viewers care deeply about Israel. It's a big issue for all of us. Uh, I don't think people even saw that coming. They didn't see that coming. And when I moved the embassy, right, yeah. to Jerusalem, and then Golan Heights, throw yep. that on, and then terminating the Iran deal to, you know, some friend of mine, I said, which is the biggest, Golan Heights, or moving the embassy, creating the capital, Jerusalem, or what, what do you think? He said, neither. I said, what do you mean neither? He said, the biggest thing you did for Israel is breaking the Iran nuclear deal. We've seen riots and looting in major American cities, and not one time did one of the Democrats during the Democrat National Convention openly condemn it as being immoral and wrong. They don't even mention it. They don't mention police. They don't mention law and order. They don't mention the fact that they're gonna take away your guns because, you know, right now, people want the Second Amendment more than they've ever wanted. They don't mention that, Mike. The Second Amendment is so big. 
Life is so yeah. big. Supreme Court is so big. We're going to announce very soon uh, a list of 25 judges and uh, that we are going to, you know, propose as potential people to go in the Supreme Court. I want them to announce their list because you can imagine, and they said they're not going to do it, but they're going to put on radical left judges and you can forget about pro-life, you can forget about your Second Amendment, you can forget about everything because the next president, I think, is going to have anywhere from two, three, maybe four justices that will be really a very dominant court. You've had a stunning record on sanctity of life. No president, none, not Reagan, nobody true. has done more. Why does that matter to you on a personal level? Not the politics of it, but personally. Well, I've seen it, and I've seen it with a friend of mine where they were going to go the abortion route, and they didn't do it. And they have one of the finest young people I've ever met. Hmm. And they can't even think about it now. I mean, the, they were very close to doing that. But I've seen that a number of times. I've seen it, and I, especially since I'm president, so many people have told me, you know, they were going to go the other route, and they didn't do it. And now they have, you know, a young person getting ready to graduate from college and doing so well in life. Uh, no, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And that issue can change radically, drastically, if you put in... Just one more judge that's on the radical left, because sort of it's a tie court yeah. right now. This is going to be the most important election in the history of our country. That's what I think. The Democrat Party has gone so far left, they don't care about law and order. They don't care. Life is just the opposite, yeah. okay? I mean, it's the exact opposite. And they're going to obliterate your Second Amendment. They're going to get rid of it. And... You know, I look at things, taxes would go up, border security would go down. Yeah. Uh, the, the clarity and difference between the issues are stunning. Well, there's, there's never been a bigger difference. No, there's never been. They want to raise right. your taxes through the roof, quadruple. Yeah. They want to raise your taxes. They want to give you socialized medicine, so you're not going to have your doctors, you're not going to have your plans. And, you know, Obama said 28 times you could keep your doctor, you could keep your plan. It was a lie. The guy lied, just like he spied on my campaign. And he lied so much about healthcare, and they said 28 times, you keep your doctor, you keep your, it was, it was all a lie. Mm. Final question, because I know you've got uh, things you've got to get to, and we must let you do it. You've outlined a very clear difference between you and the former vice president. But there's still people who say, but President Trump tweets things that offend me, yeah. or he says things in an abrasive way. Yeah. Reassure them that that's not the issue that they're going to vote on in November? Sometimes I feel I'm in this fight alone or I'm in this fight with a few Republicans, and I always say the Republicans have to get tougher. Uh, so I have to speak quickly and strongly in order to win, because we have to win. You look at pro-life, you look at what I've done on the Second Amendment, they haven't gotten anything on this. I'm telling you, a normal person, just a regular person, you wouldn't have a Second Amendment now. It would be gone or it would be meaningless, one or the other. Um, as far as Twitter's concerned, if I didn't have that, you probably wouldn't be interviewing me right now, unless you did maybe as a businessman or something. I wouldn't be here right now being interviewed. It's a way of, the, the press is so corrupt. It's so fake, the news. People have no idea, and now they're learning, but it is such a fake news. When you look at it, you look at the networks, you look at CNN, MSDNC, you look at the New York Times, Washington Post. It's so fake that if I wasn't able to put out my thoughts 
in social media, through Twitter or whatever, but put out my thoughts, I, honestly, I wouldn't be here, Mike. I wouldn't be here, probably wouldn't be talking to you. Well, I'm glad you are. So I'm glad. Thanks for, for that us. reason alone. Appreciate your hosting us and uh, giving us an opportunity to visit with you. That's Thank a great you. honor. Thank you. You're doing a great job, too. Thank you very much. Now you can learn more about President Trump on WhiteHouse.gov. Also, you can follow his very famous Twitter page, if you dare. That's at Real Donald Trump. And the campaign website is DonaldJTrump.com. By the way, be sure to follow me on Huckabee.tv for facts of the matter. We're talking about the fallacy of police defunding, why Goodyear is not rolling with the police anymore. We'll see you for facts of the matter on Huckabee.tv. All right, Keith, why don't you tell everybody what's coming up next? Well, just ahead, legendary singer John Ford Coley joins us right here on Huckabee. Yes, sir. I got a little thing to take up with you before uh, we move on. Whoa. Word on the street is you're having a big birthday, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. Well, you don't know anything about this, but we got a bunch of your friends <laughs> together to wish you a happy birthday, so uh -oh. buckle up. Uh-oh. Happy, happy 40th anniversary of your 25th birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I want to wish you a very, very happy birthday. Hey, Governor, how you doing? It's your favorite Hercules right here, Kevin Sorbo, and I'm here to wish you a very, very, very happy birthday, sir. Happy birthday to you. I just can't believe it. He was... I've known him for so long, and he was just here. I mean, we were in Israel, and then I've been on his show. I've sat on his couch. Happy birthday to you. Oh, there. Well, uh, Governor Hickenlooper, I want to wish you a happy birthday. Do what? What? Happy birthday, Governor Huckabee. Happy birthday, Governor Huckabee. Happy birthday, Governor Mike Huckabee. It's not Governor Hickenlooper from... Out in Colorado. Who is it? Happy birthday, Governor. Happy birthday, Governor Huckabee. Oh. Oh. <laughs> happy birthday, Governor. I'm so happy you're still with us. <laughs> happy birthday, old man. Oh, oh, Governor Huckabee. Governor. Oh, yeah. God bless. I really do love you. Happy birthday. That ain't no bovine droppings. I really do love you. I really love Janet the best, but uh, God love you, pal. Stay safe. As President Reagan once said, you know, I went to blow out the candles on my cake when I was your age, and my gosh, the, the heat was unbearable. Don't do it. Oh, that was great. That was awesome. But we're just getting started. Please, oh, oh. stand with me and let's oh. go over to the performing area. Oh, my gosh. We've got more surprises. 
Yeah, you I'm did. I'm telling you, it's, it's, this it's is... a big night here at the Huckabee Show. Oh, no kidding. The man's going on Medicare, and yeah. uh, <laughs> we just want to want to do you right. Anybody want to tell okay. me what that's going to be like, huh? Uh, no, Watch no, never mind. closely. What? Whoa! Oh, <laughs> it's it's oh, no. No. It's XOXO. I'm, I'm like a jack in the box. <laughs> Not quite as smooth, but yeah. You know what? Yes, ma'am. I am so thrilled to be here to sing oh. happy birthday for you. Thank so, you. Uh, Trey, kick it off, if you will. All righty. What? Key? I'm going to the key, key of. Key of. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's the one. Look out, world. He's no Floyd Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> here, here we go. Happy birthday to you. A little more failing. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Hey, don't laugh. Lee Greenwood made a fortune doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Mayor Hannity. <laughs> Mayor? Mayor? Hannity. It's the same thing. Wonderful. Can you can you can you hey. get up? <laughs> Not sure. Not sure. Hey, don't touch oh, me. I forgot. I forgot. Sorry. Six feet away. Six, Six feet away. Got you. Where's security? You know, during this uh, Panera Bread-demic, um, I had to come up with some new ideas on how to make some extra money. So yeah. I've come up with XO disinfectant spray. And, you know, just thought I would yeah. spray y'all down. <laughs> I know you want to touch me and all, but it's just... <laughs> Gubby. Yes, ma'am. I've come bearing gifts. Have you, know, you? you? You might really appreciate this. I put a lot of thought into it. <laughs> sure you did. I did, and uh, it's a priceless commodity. <laughs> and what I, I'd like to talk to you about, um, it's never been used. I just want never. it on, you know, on, oh, okay. it's never been used. So, you know, here you go. Okay. I want you to have that. May I open it? Uh, my hope is yeah. that every time you see it, I want you to look down. <laughs> and I want you to think of me. Okay? I certainly must open it okay, now. Go for it. Oh, yeah. Go, go oh, we got the, here we go. Can't oh, do anything go. right. <laughs> well, this is truly a wonderful commodity. Never, something. never been used. Well, I'm glad to hear that, but let me tell you something. This is more valuable than gold. Yeah! On TV. I think Trey ought to lead us in singing when the roll is called up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, 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 we gotta go on. I'm sorry. That's fine. That's security. fine. If y'all think I'm important enough to have security, I'll take it. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy Thank birthday. Thank you. Oh, well, I'll just, I got it. You don't have to carry me. I'm good. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. We love XOXO. Right. Thank you, sisters. Governor, happy
and welcome back to the show. John Ford Coley met his music partner, Dan Seals, in Texas. Dan's nickname was England Dan due to his fake British accent while pretending to be the fifth Beatle. He should have known better. Everybody knows I was going to be the fifth Beatle, of course. Well, the duo became a powerhouse. A lot of hit songs. Songs like Nights Are Forever Without You and Love Is The Answer. John continues their legacy while creating new music for his fans. I want you to welcome one of my favorites, John Ford Coley. Yeah. John, when you and Dan were together, because you guys both grew up in Dallas, Texas, and, and, and formed a band and then ended up deciding as a duo you could really do something. When did it occur to you that you were creating something very unique in the music world, a different sound, and that it was going to work? You know, I don't think we ever thought we were going to create anything different. We really? were just trying to play. You know, that's <laughs> we just wanted to put food on the table. And, and it took off and had a life of its own. We just kind of marveled at the whole process. You are a classically trained piano player. A lot of people do not know that about you. Right. That's, uh, I've, I've spent years watching Lawrence Welk. As a matter of fact, <laughs> my parents would not allow me to watch Gunsmoke or Paladin unless I watched Mitch Miller and Lawrence Welk first. Was That's, that your punishment? Did you have to... You know, it, it was kind of a punishment at that age, but as you got older, you go... Yeah, that's pretty good. That's, I like that stuff. One of these albums that I really want to mention is this one, John Ford Coley, Long Way Home, live in Israel and L.A. You and I talked earlier that you have, as I do, a real love for the Absolutely. nation of Israel. Yes, sir. You've been and there again, many times. And and I just want to publicly acknowledge the thank you that you have stood for Israel for so long. You've been such a support, and, and we all love it. We all follow your example in that. Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you because so many performers won't even go to Israel because they get criticized. And your courage in standing with Israel is something I admire very much. And then this book I want to mention, Backstage Pass, about a lot of the people that you've had a chance to meet and uh, some great stories of behind the scenes that uh, the world of music. So it's a great opportunity. I, I, I tell everybody I hear it's funny. I haven't read it myself. <laughs> you just wrote it? I just wrote it. You know, so. But it's not about drug, sex, and rock and roll. It's just about all the funny things that would go along when we'd be out on the road. I love that kind of story. And this 26 songs on this album called Eclectic. Uh, John, you've had such an, a phenomenal impact on music. Thank but you. if I brought you here and we didn't make some music, I'd be cheating our audience both here in the studio and at home. So Absolutely. you want to do something maybe musically? I, I sure do. Let's well, play a couple. I think we ought to do that. Because in a moment, John is going to perform the timeless hit, I'd Really Love to See You Tonight. But first, Keith Bilbrey is going to tell you how to get more of John's music and his book. To get John Ford Coley's Long Way Home live from Israel, head to his website, johnfordcoley.com. And go to Huckabee.tv for an encore music performance of Love is the Answer. And now, here's John Ford Coley. I really just want 
thinking maybe later on we could get together for a while. It's been such a long time and I really do miss your smile. Thank you.